Welcome to the Live Abroad Biz podcast. I'm your host, Johanna, and this podcast is all about motivating young people to live their best life abroad. Hi everyone, welcome to episode number five. I think this episode is amazing, so you are going to enjoy it. I have interviewed Rosie. Rosie is an expat from New Zealand and she's now living in France. She arrived to France six years ago and she's now living there with her boyfriend. Now, as you may know, I have also lived in France for two years, so we had a great time talking about the French values and culture shock abroad and also uh, getting a visa in a new country. So uh, Rosie shares her story from how she became uh, a student in France and she maintained her visa to become a full-time employee in Paris. So let's start with the episode. I hope you will enjoy it. Go ahead and check out Rosie's YouTube channel down below in the show notes. She makes great YouTube videos about her life in France. And also don't forget to check out her Instagram that will be linked down below. As always, I want to encourage you to check out my free training at uh, slash free training if you are interested in moving abroad. I talk about everything on how to find a job abroad in three simple steps. Let's get to the episode. Hi, Rosie. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and you? <laughs> yes, good, thank you. So you're the first person I'm meeting from New Zealand, but uh, so that's exciting, but I've never <laughs> been there. Uh, but I've been to uh, France, and so tell me, how do you like it so far? Yeah, good. I mean, I've actually been in France for almost six years now, so it feels uh, a little bit like, definitely like a second home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's start with the questions. Uh, where did you, uh, how did you get the two friends? Yeah, sure. So um, I arrived in France, yeah, five and a half years ago, actually. And I was able to get to France uh, from New Zealand via a student visa because I got into a master's program over here in France. And so what are you doing right now? Uh, so at the moment, I work full-time in human resources. Uh, I work for L'Oreal, which is a big French multinational group, and I'm based here in Paris. Wow, that's great. Sounds like a great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um Did someone inspire you to move abroad or was it like your own decision? Because I know it's such a huge distance. Yeah, no, it was uh, very cliche, um, but I met a French man <laughs> in New Zealand <laughs> and I wish I could be a little bit more original, but um, I, yeah, I met my French boyfriend, but he's now my husband. So we had a good, uh, good end to the story, but um, I met him I guess, seven years ago now in New Zealand while he was doing a sort of study abroad. He was doing an internship in New Zealand and we did some long distance and long story short, the rest is history. But um, I was really determined not to come over here just for to follow a boy. And that's why I found my master's program, which was in English, by the way, of course, um, as, as a kind of entry into life in France because I kind of, yeah, didn't want to do the cliche, move to France, do some nannying or some bartending work just to follow a boy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And mm. did, you study, did you live the whole time in Paris or did you live in other cities? Oh, yeah, no, I've only lived in Paris. It's really the best th 
thing for me, I think, because I love to be able to work in English and do international facing roles in these big French multinationals. So Paris kind of is the place to be for me. But my husband is from Avignon. His mum is in Marseille. His dad is in Avignon. So we spend a lot of time down in Provence and uh, we would go there probably at least once per month. He's very close with his family. So uh, I, I kind of feel like the south of France is my second home. Um, my most favorite part about France is definitely the sweet pastries. <laughs> what <about> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to agree. Honestly, like when I... When I came to France, I gained so much weight, but I have zero regret because the food is so good. And the cakes are honestly, they're like little works of art. I just think it's amazing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so how did your preparations look like uh, for the study abroad? Yeah, so... Um, Honestly, I was so naive. I had no idea what I was doing. I found out that I got into my program three months before I moved to France. I'd never been to France. I'd never been to Europe. I had no idea what it looked like, what it was going to be like. All I knew is that I didn't speak French and I urgently needed to figure out my paperwork because I'm not an EU citizen. And so it means that my visa situation mm -hmm. is always harder than the average So I kind of, um, basically, I spent the, the, the few months, I was so focused on that. I was getting my paperwork together, getting my visa ready. I had to go down to the French embassy in New Zealand and Wellington. I was living in Auckland. And I was just really, really focused on the paperwork. I didn't even have time to think about what my life was actually going to be like. Um, and at the same time, I, was, I started to do a very quick um, eight-week crash course in French oh. to, to try and to try and at least have some basics I at least wanted to be able to say hello my name is Rosie before I moved over mm -hmm. here so that's what I did um very luckily for me um my French husband did not live in Paris but he had friends contacts that kind of thing who lived in Paris and he found one girl who had finished her studies and she was moving out of her apartment. And so he was, he found the apartment for me while I was still in New Zealand. So that was insanely helpful um, because only now do I know how hard it is to find an apartment in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really grateful for that. Um, so yeah, I basically turned up with my limited French, my suitcases and an apartment, an empty apartment. And That's how life began. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah, I definitely relate to the all like paperwork and visa issues. I'm mm. now in the US and I know how hard it is. Oh, to get yeah. Everything fixed. Yeah. yeah. Immigrations are complicated nowadays. Definitely. Yeah. So, how do, uh, how's your uh, French uh, right now? <laughs> Uh, so yeah I do speak French now but it took a lot longer than I expected I think a lot of people are like oh just go and live there you'll be fine you'll be fluent in three months like that is definitely not how it worked for me I think as well because I always studied and worked in English and uh, in my relationship we still speak English I know it's a bad but we do <laughs> um, so I mean I learned French very slowly on the side and I was kind of glad to be able to do that um, in some ways because it was less pressure but they say the best way for you to learn a language is when you have to speak the language like when you're forced mm -hmm. to um, and I was never in that situation so it was very slow for me so I would say it took probably like three years just like learning French on the side from scratch to become fluent in the language which is probably longer than people expect but I think if you really like were passionate about it and you were taking French classes with with a tutor and you were working on it 
like even full-time or even part-time you'd probably get some from zero to fluent in one year but yeah took me a bit longer yeah I definitely was in a situation where I had to speak because I moved to France for two years when I was 18 so I did my high school there so I attended classes in French and all of my my classmates were French and so I was definitely in the situation of like, you have to do it or otherwise you're out. <laughs> but that's, that's the best thing though, because you have no choice. Whereas I was able to be a little bit lazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, nowadays, I feel like English is more common though, but still for older generations, I think it's necessary to learn French. Oh, definitely. My husband's parents don't speak English. So without, <laughs> without mm-hmm. my French, I wouldn't even be able to have a relationship with them. Yeah, that's what I thought. What did you expect to gain from uh, this experience? Yeah, I think moving to France, I guess what I had in mind was like, I don't know, I'll learn a lot about history and culture and woohoo, I get to learn a, a second language without having to do, you know, seven years of grammar classes in high school, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I was kind of uh, just expecting that kind of stuff really. But um, I had no idea at the time I was sort of like, life's not going to be that different. Like, I'm just going to France. It's going to, there's a lot of history and stuff and there's great food. But, I mean, the people are going to be exactly the same. But that's when I realized I had no idea of the notion of a culture shock and the fact that even though people from, even if you take two countries, you're like, okay, we're both in part of, let's say, like, we're we're part of the OECD network, we're part of the modern Western world, we're part of, you know, it's just like, (laughs) like, you just assume that people are going to be exactly the same, and not at all, and I even, I was even shocked um, when I went to the UK, and I was like, oh, even English people are really different to New Zealanders, and it it made me realize for the first time in my life, I was like, wow, New Zealand actually has a culture. (laughs) I didn't know it, but it does. Um, so I know that you we were talking about paperwork and visa and despite uh, all that what did you have to overcome to to get there Um, so I went down the student visa route and so for the student visa I'm so glad I came in on this visa because I think it's one of the best ones you can come in on and that you don't you don't need to prove that you've got a lot of money you don't have to prove like you know much about who you are as a person where you come from or anything it's literally like you got accepted into a program now in terms of getting accepted into the program that was quite hard because I targeted a very competitive program they only take 25 students per year and I think they had 500 applicants and it's the reason is that it's English speaking, it's specialized in human resources, which is what I wanted. And it's what uh, what they call in France an apprentissage. And that means that you work part-time for a company while you study. The company pays for your university fees and they pay you a monthly salary. So you honestly can't get much better. I mean, my 10,000 euro university fees were completely paid for and I was earning minimum wage every month. So it was just honestly the best you could hope for. And thanks to that, I was able to prove for my visa that I had a stable financial situation because usually you have to prove that you have a few thousand euros or something, which I didn't actually have at the time. I was really coming over here with not much. Um, and so, I mean, I think to, to get some savings together so I could pay for my first month of rent and stuff, I just sold heaps of stuff, old clothes, anything I could find, I sold it. Um, and I was just, and I also like went on a major, major budget 
because I knew that there'd be a lot of setup costs. But apart from that, I was kind of a, just thanks to this amazing program that I got into, I was kind of sorted in that way. Um, and then, of course, with the student visa, I had to get that um, while I was in, I went down to Wellington in New Zealand to get that. Literally the day I landed, that we had a major earthquake in Wellington. It was oh. awful. Everything was closed. Like all the shops and everything were closed the next day. They were like, there was, you know, broken glass and everything. And I was calling the French consulate and I felt so bad, but I was calling on the emergency number, which I didn't know at the time, but I was like, I have an emergency. I need my visa. But I didn't know at the time, but it's the number you're only meant to call if there's like been a death of a French citizen or something in New Zealand. And I felt so bad because I was like calling them and I was like leaving messages. I was like, please, I need my visa. I'm going to France. And anyway, this lovely man calls me back and he's like, we're not open, but if you come down to the city, you know, at 3 p.m., I'll let you in and I'll give you your visa. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. So I went into Wellington, which was a ghost town because everything was closed. And I went into the consulate and this lovely man gave me my visa. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I was like, I'm so sorry for calling the emergency number. But, um, yeah, so that's basically uh, how I went on the visa side of things. Um, and then, I mean, once you finish being a student, then you have to figure out what's next in terms of visa. <laughs> That's always complicated. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that sound like, sounded like a part of a movie, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you did a great job getting accepted into that program, like 25 people out of 500. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. I think it, um, I think it helps that in Europe you tend to, well, in France at least, you tend to just study all the way through to get your master's degree and then you mm -hmm. start working. Whereas in New Zealand, um, you get your bachelor's, your, your licence, and you start working. And it's basically like, oh, later in life, maybe if you're interested, you'd get your master's, but it's not at all necessary. And I think it helps because I had been working full time in human resources for three years. And so in terms of professional maturity I think on the phone I could really say like I've actually worked in this I'm actually managing like a couple of hundred employees I'm actually and I think that helps so much so I I just feel like everything kind of happened the right way around for me so even though I was in in class with students who were younger than me and didn't have so much experience um, I could add things to the class and then they could add things from the European standpoint and it was really perfect it's kind of similar here in the US, like the master's is not really an obligation, you don't mm. really need to have it, uh, most people just get a bachelor. So yeah. I know you said that um, your tuition in France was waived, but I have no idea in how it works in New Zealand, do you have like paid schools or mm, yeah. It's very similar to the UK, so it's um, partially government subsidized, but not fully, so we would spend... I would say a classic university year would be about 5,000 New Zealand dollars in tuition fees. So that's maybe 3,000 euros per year. Um, so it's definitely not as cheap as France, but it's definitely not as expensive as the US, if I've understood mm -hmm. correctly. And so it's about 3,000 uh, euros per year for the three years. Plus, you may want to take a loan uh, for your living expenses, right? So, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have expensive textbooks to buy and then maybe to help you with your rent and that kind of thing. So, I always did a mix of, of working and having a part-time job, but still I took some money to help me pay for my, um, for my living expenses. And then I did a postgraduate year. So, I still left school 
with several thousand euros worth of student loan debt, definitely. And I, I think the average in New Zealand would be leaving with about, you know, 20,000 uh, euros worth of student loan debt. So it's definitely not free. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, what, did, what was the biggest thing that you have learned or gained from this experience? I would say just an overwhelming uh, level of self-awareness and I, I just feel like being confronted with another culture and so many different experiences and the travel and meeting all these different people you very quickly learn who you are what your values are what you like what you don't like what you want out of life I, I don't know your, your mind just opens and I kind of feel like everything that goes with that so just your own personal maturity and I just feel so, um, it's difficult to explain, but so sort of like um, at ease and confident and really, really sort of mature and sure of myself and who I am and what I want. And I really think it's thanks to this experience. I don't, like compared to my friends back in New Zealand, I just feel like I've been on an accelerated personal growth curve that has just kind of I feel like it's like the equivalent of reading 50 uh, personal development books <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> per year for six years it's uh, you just you just learn so much and you, you have to be, be so resilient sometimes to overcome all the little hurdles with life and abroad and that can be visas it can be finding work it can be making friends and by the time you've done it all you look back and I think you're like oh my gosh if I can overcome that I can overcome anything <laughs> does that make sense yeah it does definitely <laughs> I, I love that you are said that uh oh living abroad like helps you uh, find what you like and what you want with your life mm -hmm. because I feel like so many young people nowadays are struggling to find their purpose and like what they want to do uh, whenever they finish school and mm -hmm. I think it helps uh definitely like me and you as well uh, living abroad like shows you what kind of person you are what kind of things you want from life so it's a learning experience um yeah that I would really recommend to anyone <laughs> yeah it's a very intense learning experience but what you get out of it is is really immense yes <laughs> uh, is there anything that you would like to tell to the listeners any final piece of advice yeah so um I would just say that If I could go back and do it all again, I would have done a lot more research on the French culture. And I'm not talking about food and history. I'm really talking about the way people behave and their mindset and their values because I think it would have helped me with a lot of my um, integration issues that I had maybe when I was here around making French friends or always asking myself, why are the French like that? Why are they so mean? Why are, you know, and having all these sorts of misunderstandings essentially because I didn't understand. And so I would just say, and, and this is a motivation behind why I started my YouTube channel as well, not even French, which is because I wanted to help other expats or people who are potentially moving to France understand what the French mindset and culture is kind of like. And so I would just recommend like, Look, go on YouTube, read blogs, like consume as much information as you can about where you're going. Um, because even if you think that the people are going to be, you know, so similar to, to what you're used to and you're not going to overcome any culture shock, you're probably going to be, you know, set up for a bit of a, <laughs> a surprise when you land. Um, and I would also say that do your best, your absolute best to get, to 
get out, get into the, any clubs, meetups, Facebook groups, do whatever it takes to meet people. It doesn't have to be locals at first. You can hang out with other expats. But as soon as you have friends and a support network, everything becomes easier. And uh, do your best if, you, if you're living in a, in a country with a new language. I mean, you can't, you can't sit there saying, I'm an adult. It's too late for me to learn a language. You know, like I started learning French when I was 24. And um, I remember making a lot of excuses like, oh, it's harder for me. I never studied it at school. I don't even know where to start. And honestly, at the end of the day, if you want to have a full life, uh, where you're living and every respect possible um, do learn the language it's definitely worth it I definitely had a similar experience with like a French culture shock so I would really recommend uh, as you said doing your research about the culture and like mm. uh, people's values and all that and I love that you said that uh, you recommend to meet more people even if they are like expats as you and just mm. making connections I think that really prevents uh, being homesick and feeling homesick Yeah, definitely. There's nothing like having a friend that you can turn to and just having someone that you can call if you're feeling a bit down, like it changes everything. So yeah, thank you very much for the interview. I had a great time. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. That was an amazing episode, right? I loved learning about Rosie's experience in France and her, and her travel journey. Um, so if you want to check out more of her videos, uh, go ahead and click down below in the show notes. Her YouTube channel and her Instagram will be linked down below. And as always, if you want to check out my free five-day landing job abroad uh, video training, it's at johannak.com slash free training. So have a great day and see you next time. Bye!